Merry Christmas on this two turtle dove day. There are 12 days of Christmas when most of the shops will soon take down their Christmas decorations and uh, retailers will say, well, we've, we've had a good Christmas or not a good Christmas. We continue Christmas for six days all the way to January the 6th uh, when we celebrate the wise men uh, coming and, and visiting Jesus. There is a legend about the 12 days of Christmas. The legend is this, that the 12 days of Christmas song is a song that was sung when Christians were under persecution to communicate the gospel. Partridge in a pear tree. Jesus on the cross. Two turtle doves, Old Testament, New Testament. I invite you to ponder on the other days and then look it up. Did you receive any gifts in common packages this Christmas? Just a common package. This week, there was, I arrived home rush, and there at our house was a, a box. It was kind of slender. It was leaned up against a, a post on our front porch, and it said heavy. And I thought, I didn't order nothing. And I said, Judy, did you order anything? We checked our Amazon accounts. We didn't order anything that would be, you know, like this size. We were, we were stumped at what this Christmas gift in a common package was. Turns out our oldest son had uh, ordered something on Amazon and, and uh, sent it to us as our Christmas gift. I opened it, but then yesterday when we were like on the video, I act like I hadn't opened it. <laughs> now, now you know me. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Good news comes in common packages. The God of creation... God of the cosmos came to us as an embryo in the womb of a teenager 2,000 years ago. Good news comes in a common package, a baby in a manger and some, testimony, and some shepherds with a testimony. Luke selected this shepherd event out of what scholars think were many other events that surrounded Jesus' birth. It's interesting that Matthew doesn't pick up this part of the story that Luke does, and Luke doesn't pick up the wise men's story that Matthew records. I think there's something here that Luke wants to communicate with you within this story and a theme that carries throughout Luke. The ordinary people respond to the good news of Jesus and are included in his kingdom. Luke uses more room to talk about the shepherds than he does about the actual birth. Look in your Bible sometime and count the verses. That alone, I think, should prompt a closer second reading. Like Mary, the shepherds have an angelic encounter. They listen well. They overcome their fears. And they went out into the world carrying the joyful news to others. The shepherds spread the word. They conveyed what they had seen and heard. The result is that the people who heard the shepherds were amazed. The shepherds heard. The people heard. Faith comes from hearing that is, hearing the good news about Jesus. 
Shepherds were not people of high social standing in ancient societies. They were ordinary people. And these ordinary people listened and responded. Hearing the messages from, from the angels, they were deeply affected. Everyone else just heard from ordinary shepherds. The shepherds were not trained or skilled in the art of speaking. Their, their words would not have been eloquent or, or lofty. They simply had an encounter. They listened and responded. The good news of Jesus often comes from such people in non-spectacular means, casual conversations at the dinner table while walking on the sidewalk among friends and families and among strangers. There are people who I've asked that you be praying for. We call that our friends list, our friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, and strangers, folks who may not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, common people. Share Jesus. It's God's design to, to use you to share the good news of Jesus with others. Your words need not be eloquent or lofty. You don't have to have all of your answers or all of, or all of their questions answered or all of your questions answered. All you have to do is have an encounter with the Lord Jesus. Listen and respond by sharing. Our mission statement is we exist to Share the transforming love of Jesus Christ. We practice that here in our church in what we call glory sightings. The shepherds simply had a glory sighting and they shared. This past week I had a glory sighting. It was indoors lunch hour on Monday. And so I'm working on the messages for this weekend. A gentleman came to our office to get an upper room devotional to start the new year. And I guess he usually pays some amount, however small, however large. Some do, some don't. Either is okay. Or maybe he was prompted by the Holy Spirit to give a monetary contribution this time. He says this. This is all I have as he reaches into his wallet and he hands me one bill. A hundred dollar bill. And he says this, do with it whatever you want. Not 30 minutes later, another person came to the door. She needs to talk to a pastor. We go into my office. We sit at the kitchen table. Christmas is coming. She has a grandson. She has no gifts for him. The next day, I meet her at Walmart. And we shop together and we get her gifts for her grandson with the $100 that that gentleman gave me not 30 minutes earlier before she came in. In our walk with Jesus, these kind of things are, are not just occurrences. They're, they're, not, they're not coincidences. What if the shepherds just chalked up their encounter as a coincidence? What if Joseph just chalked up his dreams as a coincidence? What if Zechariah in the temple just chalked up his encounter in the temple as a coincidence? The glory sightings that we share before meetings and in small groups, they're important. It is a time of reporting, sharing, announcing, of making known what you have seen and what you have heard. The shepherds. Show up at the manger and they shared, making known what they had been told. 
Luke doesn't indicate any kind of spoken response of Mary or Joseph. They're silent. There's no questioning of the shepherds. There's no inquiry of the shepherds. There's no press conference. But we are told that Mary pondered and treasured. Pondering. We've lost the art of pondering. With the invention of the smartphone in about 2007, with the world of knowledge at our hands 24-7, the art of pondering has been lost. And instead of pondering, we Google, we ask Siri, we duck, duck, go, we ask Alexa, rarely do we ponder. When was the last time you pondered? Not thought about, but pondered. Do you remember the retired men and farmers who once sat on the benches around the county courthouse I think if they weren't talking about politics and the news if he was alone I think he was pondering some once called that chewing the cud ruminating pondering and ruminating takes time while we might be able to do something while we're pondering and ruminating, like accomplish a task while we do that, rarely do we count pondering as a task that accomplishes something. Most of us are task-driven, and we've been driven from pondering to doing. I almost always have to be doing something. There are so many tasks, so many hobbies, so many things to get done. Sometimes I think about a, think about, that's different than pondering. Uh, think about a, a simpler life where I could ponder. Some weeks ago, as I was spending some time in devotion, it wasn't quite pondering yet. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you don't know how to do nothing. <laughs> Always have to be doing something. We're told that Mary pondered. She pondered what she'd heard. She unfolded, ruminated on, chewed the cud, unfolded of what she heard. Psalms 119, 130 says this, The unfolding of your word gives light. I'm looking at assembling what some call an uh, emergency prep bag. Some call it a bug out bag. Uh, for me, it would be a, a small backpack that um, not not to live in the woods for an extended amount of time uh, but one that if a tornado hit destroyed our neighborhood uh, at least I would have something to get to the nearest shelter in a catastrophic event so in, in a recent conversation uh, with someone who I know who has a, a bug out bag we, we I asked him about the sleeping bags 
And so I was directed to an emergency sleeping bag. It's a Mylar bag about this size that keeps 90% of your body heat, and it's packed real small. It's not meant to be long-term, but short-term to keep you warm. It's about that size. It opens up to three foot by, by seven feet. When we ponder, we start with a small package the size of a, spy, a tiny ball or a pouch. And as we ponder the Word of God, it unfolds into something many times its original size. Not the one I'll put in my bug out bag, but maybe you'll kind of understand here. It's a fleece sleeping bag liner. And the real reason we're only having one service today is because I have a hard time getting this back in the bag. <laughs> As we ponder a small verse and we spend time in it, it goes from a small package to something a little larger. My glasses need cleaned today. The Bible is like that, but infinitely more so. When we ponder the Word of God, what looks like a small little simple statement, even something as familiar as John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. However familiar, when pondered, we discover a depth of meaning, multiple dimensions, and endless personal applications. So let me encourage you to stop a read and run of Scripture and join Mary in pondering, ruminating on Scripture. A story is shared about a conference where the participants were encouraged to ponder for 30 minutes on a small piece of Scripture. Over that 30 minutes, pondering, writing down any insights that come. At the 10-minute mark, the person who told the story, said, who's a well-known author, said, I had exhausted in 10 minutes every thought I could possibly have of this Scripture, and I felt pretty good about it. Picked my head up, I looked around and discovered that all other heads were down, still working, pen to paper once again. The 30 minutes passed, and, and the author began asking some questions about that scripture. What would this scripture mean, this sentence mean, without this word or without this word? How would I paraphrase the whole verse? And then time was up, and the leader instructed, okay, circle. Your most incredible, life-changing insight. And they did. The instructor said, now raise your hand if that life-changing insight happened in the first five minutes. No hands. Now raise your hands if that life-changing insight happened within the first ten minutes. No hands. Now raise your hand if life-changing insights happened in the first 20, just a few hands, 25 minutes, most of the hands were up. Scripture read and runs 
do not allow you time to mine the depths and discover the jewels that are there. The hymnist wrote, Thy word is like a deep, deep mine, and jewels rich and rare are hidden in its mighty depths for every searcher there. So let me encourage you to stop the read and run of Scripture and to ponder. Sunday school teachers and small group leaders, I've just given you a lesson idea. It takes up 30 minutes. Mary pondered, and Mary treasured what she heard. Treasured. She kept it alive. She savored it. Not a read and run, not, not a fast food meal, but a, a meal over time of savoring every morsel, not a seeking to understand not just that, but, but a taking the Word all the way in, relishing the Word of God, experiencing the Word of God, an attitude rather than a technique. The Psalms just wrote this, I have hidden your Word in my heart. This is letting God's Word affect you deeply. It's preaching to yourself. It's reminding yourself of value, of worth, the wonder, and the power of the Word. It's asking yourself, how is my life to be different because of this passage? How would my thinking, my feelings, my actions need to change? How should it change my relationships and how I see other people and the world? For example, when you read the creation story and you read that God created humanity in His likeness and in His image. That all of us humans are made in the image and likeness of God. That ought to change how you see other people. And sometimes I have to bring that treasured word up quickly <laughs> and apply it. If you truly want to hear the Word of God and you want God's Word to have an impact in your life, like Mary, listen, ponder, treasure. And it's going to take an investment of time. You'll have to set aside your task-oriented self. Your, your house may have to be dirty for a few, few hours longer. You may have, you'll have to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. You'll have to make it a routine. It'll take practice. It, 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 it's like most habits, like most habits. It takes practice. The shepherds encountered Jesus in the manger. They made the nativity set. <laughs> they had two experiences that night, an angelic announcement and a chorus, and they got to see a brand new baby, the Savior of the world, the long-awaited-for Messiah. The lamb caretakers got to see the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And their responses to encountering Jesus in the manger was one of returning, glorifying, and praising. With their lives changed, they returned home. They returned to normalcy. They returned to routine. With life's change, they returned and they glorified and praised God. And so too will we return home. Soon we will return to normalcy. After a weekend of celebrating our Savior's birth, we too will settle into routine. But our lives have been changed. For we have also will glorify and praise God. Our carol of response today is a carol that recalls the long await 
the long wait of the prophets. And it invites us to join in a lively shepherd folk band of common people at the manger. It's a song of exuberance. It's a song of good news of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's number 237, Sing We Now of Christmas. Let us stand together. <laughs> 